I've never had, I've never had such an in-depth and honest interview. You will forever, in this moment, will forever be engraved in my heart. So, welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice. Every so often, I like to share the story of someone who exemplifies the ideas and insights shared on this show, and that's people who push the boundaries of their brain and build a brand that makes an impact. With the global blockbuster coming to America 2 out, I thought I would take you into one of the most real and inspiring conversations I've ever had. Meet Namzamo Mbata. At the time of this conversation, being in a major Hollywood film was merely a dream for her. I saw her star rising and wanting to understand her process. She really opens up. During this conversation, she had just finished a small South African film called Tell Me Sweet Something. The reason I'm sharing this conversation is I want you to hear and feel the power of process. And most importantly, feel inspired to reconnect with your own process. Not just your goals and purpose, but the power of daily process. It doesn't matter if you are a receptionist, banker, dancer, entrepreneur, or actress. Knowing and sticking to your daily routine and your discipline, it's everything. As part of his promo interview for the movie, executive producer and star Eddie Murphy says of Namzamo, she brought an authenticity to the movie. And there is a moment in this interview where I asked her what she wants to be known for. You're going to see just how the two align and you're going to be moved. And you may even shed a tear. Enjoy. In studio, Madam Speaker. Namzamo Mbata, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. How do you feel when I say Madam Speaker? Oh, God. It, it, it takes me back to a certain point and a time in my life when that actually <laughs> mattered. <laughs> um, yeah. For those who have no idea why I'm calling her Madam Speaker, <laughs> uh, sort of as a youth representative, you were invited to parliament. Um, yeah, they formed a youth parliament back in 2006. And I was, I was, I was, I was, what do they call it? <laughs> I was I was named Madam Speaker. There, yes. was, there was a premier. There was a Madam Speaker. There was a, a minister of oh, an MEC of education, yes, MEC of yes, arts and culture, yes. and basically we we all had our own little title, and that was mine. Awesome. Well, Madam Speaker, it's really good to have you here <laughs> uh, for a lot of reasons, but for the most part, it's because today's really show is called is called Beyond Beauty. We want to go behind the scenes and see what it takes to develop. Uh, a craft and be really good at something. And although you're relatively young in your career, I do feel like based on what I've observed that you are serious about what you do. And I think, I think I'm onto something. So uh, through this conversation, I really want the listeners to engage at sort of the depth of your insights around how you got to be who you are beyond just the beauty. This conversation is not interested in your makeup routine. It's not interested in all of those things. It's interested in the craft. So I believe that some of your early youth experiences either reflect the depth of who you are or they influence how you end up seeing the world. Right. So those two things are kind of what we want to explore. So, Kwamashu. <laughs> it's an artsy town, very lively place. You know, if you had grown up somewhere differently, do you think you'd be a lot different? I think I'd be a, a lot different. 
you know, this, this, this girl sitting in front of you wouldn't be here if I didn't grow up in Guamash. You know, I always speak about how I grew up in a very sheltered home because my grandmother raised me and she had certain values and principles and rules. Um, for example, I wasn't allowed to have friends. I wasn't allowed to go out into the street and play. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and also going to a school where it was multiracial and, Everybody would go, you know, to the movies during the weekend and talk about how, you know, we're going to a party. And I would definitely know that I'm not going to any of those <laughs> things. Um, but, you know, even in its sheltered um, form, there was so much that I was exposed to, yeah. so much reality that I was exposed to. You know, um, just this morning I was thinking, you know, it, it used to be normal when one would hear gunshots. And my grandmother would be like, switch off the lights. I don't know why they think switching off the lights ah, <laughs> would probably help things. Sure. But, you know, there was so much, you know, and, and if somebody would have broken into someone's home, you're wa- you're waking up the next morning on the Saturday morning and this person's getting beaten up by the community and you're watching all of that. Wow. You know, you're walking to the bus stop and I used to walk about uh, roughly about nine, ten kilometers to the bus stop. And, you know, you'd pass a dead body and no one would know whose body it is. Wow. So there's so many realities that built this person that, 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 that created this, this depth. I know sometimes <laughs> I'm too serious. Oh, no, God. but you know, the good thing is, you know, before, before I actually, I, you know, I want to ask you something about this depth, but, you know, thinking about, you know, Kwamashu, one of the things you guys are famous for is the rickshaw. This, um, this this thing you got it's like an Asian Japanese thing that you can sit on and be pulled around and sort of a romantic type of oh, thing. Oh, it's really Durban. No, you know, but, if you want to go guys, to the beachfront, you'll yeah, get but, the rickshaw. But you know, it comes from <laughs> like the you know. So, based on my research, uh, Kwamashu is means about it's it's referring to this sort of martial right, and he yes. was the one who introduced them to your town. Okay. Yeah. Look at you teaching me about where yeah. I come so from. So <laughs> the reason why I mention it because it means that your town must have some sort of like you know obviously it's complex and polarizing as you yes. just mentioned that you got the you know the extremes, but there must be a romantic element to it the town. Is. Oh my God! Absolutely. I mean, you know they 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 they, they have these passages and it twists a passage. But mm. basically, a passage is the meeting spot for lovers, and usually, the meeting spot is around six six thirty. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, and and they'd call it ukchekwa, basically to get checked out or whatever. Wow. But that's when you're, or maybe checking in, who knows? But that's when your boyfriend checks in on you, and you have to meet. A passage yeah, at six or six thirty, you know. So that was like lovers lane. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, when, whenever I go home, it's such a special treat to my little heart. Do, do you it remember the gives first, me so much joy. Do you remember the first time your grandmother knew you were going to that special place to meet somewhere? I, I never, I never she did never that. Knew. No, oh, I never did. Oh, you I never was went. too scared. No, my mom would oh, tell wow. me, "I will kill you. Oh, I will wow. kill you if you get a boyfriend." So I had my first boyfriend when I was twenty-one. You're twenty-one years old. Yeah. Wow. We like 30 days ago. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that, you know, a person's background, you know, really does, it It has so much influence. You know, when I was thinking about this interview and having a conversation with you and other young people who would be listening and thinking about what it will take for them to get to or on the trajectory that you're on. All right. I was thinking about how sort of your accounting background, 
Mm-hmm. You know, accounting, most people don't know that pinstripe suits come from and inspired by accounting. So okay. the British. Ah, yeah. Okay, I just thought of something yeah, that okay. actually validates that. <laughs> so the British commissioned a think tank to create a look and Im- image that mirrored and echoed the discipline of the accounting ledger. And I'm wondering if a lot of your discipline is also not informed by your sort of accounting uh, background, like that sort of strict. I get a sense, and I don't right. want to assume anything, but you seem to be, you think through the lines, almost like focused about things. Is that yeah. true or not? It is true, sometimes um, to a fault. Okay. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people expect Something different from me because of what they see, you know, of every girl in the industry and they expect me to sometimes live up to that. And it's a battle of saying, but that's not who I am. Mm. You know, I, I, I do think like that. You know, it's, it's logical. And that's, and I think that's, that's the biggest struggle that I had when I come, when I came into this industry because you get to set and you're like, no, but the rules of being professional are being, you know, ABC because that's what I was taught at school. You know, that's, that's, that's the discipline that I was, um, sort of, um, punted into. But when you, when you, when you come into an environment that doesn't have that, that doesn't respect that. Yes. It is difficult. And I've learned to let go a bit when it comes to individuals and understand that art is different from accounting. Got it. Because accountants think a different way. Artists are very, very emotional. You know, and they take a lot of things personal. So it's 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 also learning from my side that I can't take it personal because it. It, it's it's human behavior, and that's what the art world was all about. And um, and I remember when we were shooting the film with Masako, and I said, and he would struggle like, no, but you know, this goes with that. I need to do, and I'd be like, listen, you became this is the, the entertainment oh. industry. <laughs> This is the entertainment industry and unfortunately that's not how they think. So you evolved and allowed yourself to in leap some beyond sort of your way. accounting to be a little bit more flexible? Yeah, in some sort of way. Um not in my thinking though. And so you're I, still rigid there. I am very rigid and I'm trying to let go of it. I'm trying to, you know, um, be a calmer person when it comes to to, to things like that. And I mean and that's why I feel like I don't fit in Got in it. this industry. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Namzamo Mbata, who is star of Tell Me Something Sweet, amongst other things. And I'm going to get to the film in a little bit, but I really wanted to continue to sort of, I want to give people an idea, because you're going to do a thousand interviews where people are going to talk about this film, right? <laughs> so we, we, we will talk about it, but I wanted it to be more about you and your as a craft, okay? Mm. And how you, you go about your craft. When you are embodying being an orphan, in Kwezi. Right. What did you learn about orphans? You know, to a certain degree, I'm I'm an orphan myself. Um, you know, I grew up in a household where I had five uncles, my dad, my grandmother, and I was the only child. My grandmother wanted to stay with me because, you know, she needed. Grandmothers always need the one child to go and buy the milk and buy bread or whatever's short in the house. And today, all of them have passed away. Oh, wow. And um, there's only my cousin brother who is taking care of the house right now. Because in black culture, we, 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 we believe that you don't sell a home. Mm. A home has to stay. Sure. Remain in the we, Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 your, it's your comfort. It's where you go back to when the rest of the world gets too loud. So he's there 
and he's taking care of the house. So for me, you know, digging, digging into that place wasn't, um, digging in too deep because I understand it. And when, when I, I treated Umobi, um, who plays sure. the, the person that I want to, you know, get rid of. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I, 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 I named him Death. And so I, in, in my head, I was avenging death wow. for, for, for doing that to my family. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> okay. So this is precisely why I wanted to have this conversation with you because that process is, you know, the relationship between your own past, being able to channel things, being able to sort of ensure that you sort of represent in a rigid way, but fluid yeah. the character and honor the character in a rigid way, but also fluidly offer the performance something that's unique you know i you know thinking about another in you know, some of the roles you've chosen as uh tandega and isibaya yes uh 21 year old you played a 21 year old really well um <laughs> you're passionate about the sciences discovering the universe you're a fighter it's another serious role it is i know you choose this on purpose <laughs> i choose i choose something that is that is best honest that i can possibly play Ah, interesting. So, you know, the comedic streak will come one day, um, but it's it's not in me. Everybody thinks I'm funny. Got it. <laughs> by natural, but like by yeah, nature, naturally, natural. you know, and they just think, you know, you you've got a great sense of humor, or whatever. And I'm quite witty, but I don't know if I'd be able to portray somebody else in that light. Uh-huh. And for me, it's when it, when choosing characters and choosing, um, you know, um, who to play or what to play. It, it has to be organic. It has to be authentic and, and true. Because I never want to, to play someone and not live up to who they truly, truly, truly are uh, 100%. Wow. wow. And how many more years do you think you have of playing a 21 year old? <laughs> well, she grows every year. <laughs> I think she's about no, I'm saying, 23 like, now. Like I was, I saw some actress, I can't remember her name, but she was like 30 something. She played a 21 year old. Yes. Right? You think, you think? She's, I think she's all actually in her forties, but, um, I think we're both talking about the same person. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, for me, it, 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 it <laughs> look, I wouldn't be 45 and playing a 21 year old. Got it. You know, there are, there would be so many younger sure. actresses that would be, you know, perfect for the role. You know, um, I was actually just, I did a, I did an audition that I lost out on that I'm heartbroken on. Um, where I had to play a 15 year old back in the slave days. But, oh, wow. you know, she's, she's not, she's not, um, you know, back in the days when they were in about 1950s or 1960s, uh, and, and it was, you know, in Gambia or whatever, a 15 year old was considered an adult because you're fertile. Sure. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're ready to pop them out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and it, it had to. You were like, I'm fertile. Why did you choose me? <laughs> it was such a was struggle it? trying to find that 15 year old to yeah. be young and naive, but also be flirtatious and be mature. Yeah. Merging those two was really hard, but I think, you know, I, I did my best. I got really far in the audition and, um, it just, it just ended up being somebody who has a bigger name and he's more international sure, and sure, sure. it is what but it is. And it's fine, right? Like, no, being, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Nobody likes losing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But isn't it fine that you lost in MTV? Yes. That, that, look, and I tell the story all the time. I say, they announced the winner 
and Unomuzi was the winner. And, you know, I, I kind of expected it. But going into the finals, I told myself, you know, today you're going to lose. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, baby girl, tonight you're going to lose. But you have to be the best loser there ever was. Wow. Why did you expect to lose? Because she, she wanted it more. Because it she had thing. been trying and it, and I knew that it was her time. And it, I, I knew that it was her time. But for me, it was, it's going to be your time. But sure enough, baby girl, I'm going to bring it. Wow. So, and I, and I, and I lost. And then I went to the loo, um, during, you know, the after party and what, whatever. Cause everybody was coming to me like, Oh my God, you know, you were so good. You shouldn't give up. And that kind of gets you emotional because you want to tell everyone, I'm fine. Yes. Leave me alone, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I just got so overwhelmed and I went to the loo and I remember I stood in the cubicle and I looked up and I said, God, thank you for this no because you're preparing me for an even greater yes. And three months later, my face was on a billboard. Wow. You see. So <laughs> for, for the young people listening or the old people, anyone who's listening, you know, we got people listening from around the world. Absolutely. Like people have listened from every country in the world except for three to Cliff Central. And one is um, Kazakhstan or somewhere and somewhere in Central Africa and it doesn't have Internet yet. So, you know. Yeah, the global audience that we have, particularly because of iTunes, I think people can relate with your story. Yeah. And, and I want them to know that Lose It is not cool, but it can be amazing for you, right? Absolutely. Because we wouldn't have you playing Tandega. We wouldn't have you no. working your magic and tell me something sweet. And, you know, I think for so many people who who feel like the end is when they lost, I want them to go watch this film, tell me uh, sweet something, because I feel that, you know, I think this is a moment in your career, particularly because your the research I had done and found and seen that you're so disciplined and rigid. It's not there were moments in the movie where you really seem to take that hat off and allow and enjoy not being rigid. Right. And and maybe the MTV thing would have been too um, taking you way out of your space for too much. So when you're in the process of sort of taking your rigid hat off and allowing yourself just to enjoy the art and the fluidity of the art. Were there moments you were uncomfortable and you wanted to bring it back together? Absolutely. I mean, there's a scene, there's a scene in the movie <clears throat> where I have to beg my co-star. You would remember that at the, at the train station. Yes. And we had to do a lot of that because Akin ended up coming to me and he said, you've never begged in your life, have you? <laughs> Wow. Said, no, I'm never. <laughs> you know, for me, it's, dude, if you're ready to bounce, bounce. bounce. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs> you know, and, and, and also I had just come out of a very, very serious relationship. So there was a lot of that, that anger that I had to overcome, you know, mm. to, to reach that place. So, and I, and I and I was glad that I was that I allowed myself to be vulnerable in that way, you know, because I've, for me, I think I think a lot of people are, what they appreciate about my acting is that I'm not afraid to make people feel, because mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to feel. Sure, I really am not. Um, but there is that 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 conflict, that inner conflict in in inside my head that says no, don't let go. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to stay in control. Wow, and. It it can sometimes come between me and 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 my greatness. Got it. For for, for 
those who are, are struggling with this dynamic. And let, let's say you have a crown on your head, right? And on the one side of your crown is sort of painted gold, the disciplinary, and the other side is sort of platinum, and it's the more sort of like chilled, fluid side. Yeah. That that process of code switching, like where you shift the crown slide, you're still the same person, right? You have all these things inside of you, and that struggle to be able to make that shift, I think for for most people, is very hard because you feel like you're losing something. Right. Right. And uh, but I felt in your loss there was a gain. In the film, there were moments where I, you know, the the film is very interesting. Um, Tell Me Sweet Something is very interesting on a lot of levels because it's groundbreaking in South Africa mm. to see archetypes. You play a very, a, you know, a, a role that I think is so needed. That's I, what I said. The yeah, other it's day. so needed. That's like, what I said the other day. And I said, you know, so many people miss the bigger picture that a black woman plays a writer. Yes. Excuse me. Who owns a bookstore as Who well? Who owns a bookstore? Yeah, you know, it was just like we need that. That makes it, it, it's such a complete picture. And so many people miss that mark. You know, she's not playing. A wife whose husband cheated on her and now she's got AIDS. Yeah. You know, and she's dying of something. Or she needs a man. She's an intellect. Yes. And she exactly. kind of doesn't need this guy. Doesn't but, at all. You know, because everybody needs love, apparently. She's, she's willing to let's give Let's be it honest. A 95% of the women, uh, in the film will want this guy. And yeah. the fact that you represented a small minority was for me, I think it would be a lightning moment for anyone watching. Right. Any young woman. Right. right. It's just, just, it was beautiful. And I really, there's so much I love about the film. But, you know, let's focus specifically on some of the sort of the challenges in terms of you becoming. There are a few moments where you had to be, were vulnerable. Hmm. Uh, you had to step into that sort of beauty sex symbol uh, moment where you had to be, you know, your, your aesthetic. Had right. to sort of carry the moment at times when you had to allow yourself <laughs> and your smile to capture the moment. Right. How do you feel about those moments? You know, Tim, it's, it's, I appreciate those moments because I'll never be 25 again. Yes. So I have to appreciate that. I have to be present. But to be quite fair, I was never present in a lot of those moments. For me, it was, it was in the character. It was never about me. Had I been present, I know, but it's like, for me, it's, it is what it is, you know? Um, it just has to be authentic. It has to be real. Would the character smile like that? Would she show gums? Would she not? Would it be a tight smile or not? Okay. You know, so it was those moments and that's why certain moments in the film surprised me and I was like, I didn't know the camera was rolling during that moment, you know, so, yeah, so there were, there were those moments and, and I've come to realize that, and I said this to my director, I said, you know, I said to Adze the other day, because Adze called me, he's like, listen, there was a scene on Isibai and everyone on Twitter's going mad, I'm like, I saw, and you know what I've realized, Adze, people are going to start not (laughs) caring about my acting. For as long as they get some ass shots. Sure. <laughs> you know sure, what I mean? Sure. And that for me is like, and a lot of people want you to, to, to jump on that wagon, like own it. I'm like, I'm not about that because I'm not going to have it forever. Got so it. I can't let that be about me. Sure. Interesting. And in 2039, you'll be Halle Berry's age. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> and it's crazy. People still, like, I hear in rap songs where people still refer to Halle Berry as like, that's that, you Current. know? And in 2039, you can I still know. be her. Ah, yes. 2030, guys, it's 2015. <laughs> 2039. If you look back over your journey, you, let's put your 2039 hat on. Right. Right. You're going to be 49. Okay. How, how do you feel? How, how, what do you really want to be known for? Wow. Hmm. I think, I think, you know, I want people to, to say she gave, she gave her all, you know, I think more than anything, I want people to, when they watch what I, what I produce on screen to say she's, to remember the authenticity and how I made them feel and for that to be unmatched. Wow. To be eternally unmatched. Wow. Yes. So you, do you feel a deeper responsibility and follow this question closely. Do you feel a deeper responsibility to your country, yourself, or the acting fraternity? Hmm. That's a very tough one. It's a very, very, very tough one. But I'll say to myself, because the other two elements have a lot of subjective opinions that sometimes don't matter. Okay. And unfortunately seem to matter, quote-unquote, to the greater masses. Sure. So if I can fulfill the duty to myself, then I would have, I would have done, I would have done my, my job here on earth quite well. Wow. So fulfilling a duty to yourself when the country is posing pressure, when being an actress comes with its own default sort of pressures. So I'll give an example. So I'm a huge fan of sort of French film. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, the body is a part of a prop that's accepted. You, you, if you look at the various elements of any actor or actresses, you've got your essence, you've got your look, you've got your brain, you've got all the different things. They have to I come find, together. yes, and I find often here, because South Africa is so conservative, and that there's so much responsibility to share positive role models, that a lot of actresses cut off a number of those props and only focus on a number of elements. Like you've already mentioned, for example, like, you know, in French films, nudity being topless is almost completely normal. It's yes. not even seen as. Uh, but do you feel that pressure? Did you put, have you put that pressure on yourself because of the country, because of where we are? Would you, would you ever think you would evolve into a space where you're as comfortable with the brain as you are the body as a prop? I, I hope to. Okay. I do. I hope to because you know, if you're going to if you're going to be in in this field and I'll tell you why I say this because I I don't have any professional um or academic training in this. Really? No. I'm surprised to hear. <laughs> That's amazing. So I know that coming into this industry a lot of those that have felt some kind of way. Uh, it probably still do. It probably still do. <laughs> Especially uh, now the film doing it so well, your exactly, career is taking off. Exactly. You know, and some people want to take it away. Sure. Oh, it's because she's pretty. Yeah. Oh, it's because, and that's why for me, I always go with authentic and honest. That mm. it has to be. It has to be that because I have to respect those 
who have gone the extra mile in getting the academic training. You know what I mean? So I have to respect that. I can't now tomorrow wake up and say, I want to be a DJ. Sure. You know, and then I want to go to a club and I want to play whatever, you know, whatever songs and I don't take it seriously. Yeah. I have to, I have to respect the craft for what it is and for those who came before. Got it. You know what I mean? And if it means getting extra training, then that's what I'm going to do to become better. Got it. So, that's why I want to, I want to get to a place where it is normal and I wanna, and I want to, to bring people into, in, into that light that it is okay without making it vulgar because also as much as the French can go naked, the French directors and, and, and those who, who are DOPing and, you know, the lighting guys and, and so on and, and so on and so on. They understand. They They're shoot it in a tasteful way yes, because exactly. they understand how it's supposed to be shot Got it. and how the viewer is supposed to receive it. Got it. Now, if we're going to come and bring that into a space where our directors or our producers or our DOPs cannot shoot that, it may come off as vulgar. Yes. And for me, I have to get to a point where people... Nomza Mombata is treated as that as an actress and not just an actress and a sex symbol because if I am more if I lean more on the sex symbol and I appear naked on screen it kind of doesn't make sense you know it's yeah, it's, it's not I get it I get it so yeah I, I definitely want to and also you know I find that sorry I'm being long-winded yeah but I find that a lot of people also when I came into the scene and I wanted to you know if I wanted a deep plunging dress and I want to wear it out, you know, a lot of people, oh my gosh, you know, but then you see it more amongst the celebrities. Now they want to also, you know, deep plunge sure, and not scared sure. to show their body off. Sure. But my message is that, that it, it is yours and own it. Got it. Wow. You know, this journey you're on is exciting because whether someone is a receptionist there or their manager or whatever, you know, it's it's important for people to realize that if you own it, you take it serious. You don't need the qualification. Right. What you need is a discipline approach to it. So I think, you know, thinking back from the beginning of the conversation, chatting to you, uh, it's really for enlightening to see that you, you're taking the discipline from your background and looking at, looking at this as a craft and inspiring people to really think that you don't necessarily need the formal training. You need to be able to be focused. So I wanted to stress that point in handling, um, you know, and channeling things like jealousy, pain, um, joy, which is easier in terms of those emotions to channel. Ooh, for me or in general? For you. For me. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> I love how you, you channel a lot of joy in, in, in your latest film. So that's why I was curious. <laughs> I am, I am full of joy. I am very full of joy. It, 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 I, it's what I'm made of. Um, but it, it, it comes from a place that's full of pain as well. So it's that juxtaposition. So it's, it's a tie between joy and pain. Jealousy is an emotion I don't ever really? <laughs> want to. Um, You're not ready? <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I don't want it to manifest in my life. Yeah. And I and I believe that I'm a I'm a method actor. And okay. being a method actor means you take a lot of the things personally. And you know, so you have to somehow sometimes learn how to separate the two, the person and the character. And 
you know, you find yourself that if your character is going through a really rough time, you don't, you, you find yourself going through a rough time. You know, you're irritable. You just sure. don't want to be around people. So the joy and the, and the pain is, is, yeah. But I love being seductive as well. Do you? Yeah. Cause I can't be seductive as Numzamo. It's just, it doesn't just, work out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are you feel like you're too goofy? I am too goofy. Okay. So I it doesn't am. work. You're like. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, handling rejection and sort of repositioning yourself. What is one of the things that you've learned? Like when you left, you had that moment sort of in the bathroom where you sort of collected yourself after losing yeah. an MTV. You know, what have you, what did you learn that you can sort of share with people about how you bounce back and now on top of the game? I think it's important to, to, to fix your eyes on the light and be honest with yourself. Wow. So fix it. Where do you get the light from when it's dark though? It's there. It's, it's always, always there. there. Ah. You know, you know, and, and that's why sometimes <clears throat> you want to tell people about the light that it is there. You know, um, I lost my sister last year. She took her own life. Oh, wow. And, you know, she, she was in a dark place. But it, it, it's almost like everybody who's outside can see it. It's only you who's in it that can't. And sometimes you have to grab that one hand that can see it. And you hold on to that one hand and you say, if you can see it, then I trust you. Lead me towards that light. Wow. You know, and that person can be a person who's not even someone who's in your life. For me, it was watching Steve Jobs' um, commencement speech at Stanford. And it will always be the testimony of my life. That's what I held on to. I said, okay, if you can see it, I'm going to hold on to you, sir. You know, wow. and um, you lead me. Mm. So, so you that able, was it. So you almost like used him as a muse. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And, and sometimes, and most of the time, you will sound crazy to everyone. God, you need to understand that. You don't have to make sense to anyone. That's what, that was what the biggest lesson that I had to teach myself that it is okay. Mm. Because you don't have to speak the same language as everybody else because your mind and your heart and your soul and your spirit are in tune and they are leading you in a different direction. Wow. I left Cape Town. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't qualify as an accountant. Wow. But it was telling myself that your journey here is done. And everybody asked me, do you have a job in Joburg? No, I don't. Are you going to go study? I don't know. I don't have no money. So what are you going to do? I don't know. Wow. And that is, is the power. Find the power in not knowing. Find the power in not knowing. You have to. Uh, you know, there's a phrase called holding certainty lightly. Like you're certain, but you're holding yes. it lightly. Like you know what you got in you, but you know, I'm open. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So you came to Joburg. Now you're here and we're looking forward to the next uh, chapters of your career and what I love about your energy is that irrespective of what happens you're going to be alright <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to be alright <laughs> yeah and I love the fact that you know growing up 
with the challenges you face, you're able to still see the romance in your background. Right. And it's not just, it wasn't just dead people on the side of the no. road. It wasn't just your orphan. You had this incredible grandmother. And I think for me, the big lesson from your trajectory is that, is that you will have the North and the South Pole. You will have East and West. You will have both. Always. 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 You know, my company is called Ground Six. And Ground Six is a, is a sports ground just at the bottom of my street in Guamashu. It's called Essex. And that's where all the kids go and play. That's where young men and older men go and exercise or play soccer. But soccer is their thing. It's their escape, you know. And kids from like the age of, of eight, you know, you see them at 3, at 3 p.m. after coming back from school. And they've got their togs over their shoulders and wow. they're walking to Ground 6. And I decided to name my company Ground 6 because that was the, that is the place, it, because it still exists. That is the place where dreams are made and dreams die. Wow. So. Guys, yeah. I feel like dropping the mic, but <laughs> the mic is on a hinge. <laughs> you were listening to Namzamo Mbata, who is who is in this, whose work is influencing the market, whose work is influencing the space. And I encourage you to go and sort of follow her career and maybe use her as a muse. And if things, you don't see the light, find light in her light. And, um, but you know, I love your feedback on the show and go check out, tell me sweet something and tell me your thoughts on the show as well. I mean, on the movie and follow her. You'll find her all over uh, social media. Um, you know, and I feel as though as we continue to sort of build uh, on these conversations that if people want to sort of engage you, do you do do you go out and share message with kids? Yeah, really? I do. I oh, do wow. a lot of um, community outreach. Um, I usually speak to young people, old people. Um, yeah, I'm a speaker. It's, it's who I am. It's, really? it's my calling. You enjoy speaking. I do. Really? I do. Like I do. motivational speaking, like pump yeah, you up. Yeah, you should see me in action. Oh, wow, do you, are you on YouTube? <laughs> Can I find some? No, I have. I've never. You know, so many times I want to actually. Uh, when I get invited to places, I want to have you know somebody to record or something. But you know, it's it's always very it's always very personal and it's strange because the other uh, day I did an, an an interview, and one of the interviewers was like, "Okay, so give us something." I was like, "It's not a show. It's not an act. It's real." I don't just wow. You know, go in and out of it, you know. Wow. So, yeah, it, it's my ultimate calling. It's it's what I, I want to do for the rest of my life. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so we need to get, so we need to figure out a way to hide some cameras while you're speaking <laughs> so you can just be yourself. <laughs> yes, please. Because that would be amazing, right? You look up and people are like so moved. Because people are more moved when you are... You are speaking to them instead of yes. the camera. Yes, or at them, or you or know, being them. mindful of the fact that you're being recorded. So this Got is it. going somewhere. So wow. I don't. Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable about that. But those who have heard me speak, you know, we've we've connected. Sure. So your company, your brand, your work. Uh, I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with the the idea of of a personal brand, but. You know, in my definition, it's the story that surrounds your name. Right. And, and the story that surrounds your name uh, is definitely inspiring people. And But I want people to leave. I want to leave this interview with one thing. Okay. Yeah. In your mind, is there sort of one thing, one thing that you'd like to leave with those who are looking for some light, some hope or anything? One, one sort of thing that you feel that 
is from your heart. That I love. If you know, do you go to church? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. You know, you know, in church, people say, people in church say, speak from the heart, dear. <laughs> Let the Lord be. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that's what I was. I, I haven't those, been to church in like a year. Me yeah, and God have okay. our own. Um, no, I get it. Things I get sad. it. I'm the same. Okay, but just from the heart, my sister. Just one thing to 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 the young people who are trying to make it, who may feel kind of hopeless. May feel kind of hopeless. You know, it's never the end. Got it's it. just never the end. And you have to remember that. You have to, you have to hold on to something because the biggest thing in life is feeling as if you are not needed and you need to know that you are needed. Wow. Your purpose. Your is purpose needed. needs you. Your purpose is needed. Your light is needed. You know, and, and life needs you. You just never know. Just, Tomorrow may bring something totally, totally, totally different. And I could go into this one example, if you'll allow me. Okay. I'm always inspired by the story of Moses. Um, those who don't know the Bible story of Moses or whatever, Moses was in the bush and God had called him into the bush. And, you know, and, and, and God had said, you need to lead my people out. You know, you need to go in and save my people from, from the Pharaoh or whatever. And Moses was like, but I'm nobody. What am I going to do? I have no army. You know, I have no weapons. But he had a rod that he needed every single day. Wow. And God said, what? He said, throw that rod. Now, Moses could have actually kept the rod and said, no, I don't want to throw the rod. Out of fear, yeah. Out of fear because you're speaking to something that you don't even know, that you can't even touch or feel. And that thing is God. Mm. But he ended up throwing the rod. And what did the rod do? It turned into a snake. So you never know what you have and what you can turn it into. Guys, that was Namzamo Mbata. Thank you very, very, very much. I don't even know what to say after that. What <laughs> I will say is that we are really fortunate to have you. You're going to be on a thousand shows. You're probably back on Cliff Central. But I really am honored that we had, were able to have this conversation about the depth of who you are and your craft. And I can't wait to share it with other people. Thank you so much. I've never had, I've never had such an in-depth and honest interview you will forever in this moment will forever be engraved in my heart so thank wow. you thank you Namzamo Mbata plays the character of Marembe in Coming to America 2 this episode was simply meant to inspire you to commit and recommit to your process congrats Namzamo as you know I've been one of your biggest fans for a very long time and I know this is only the beginning for you and to all of you I'm cheering you on wherever you are whatever you're doing as long as you're hoping to try to make an impact, I'm behind you and rooting for you. Feel free to email me, podcast at timothymaurice.com, for feedback, questions, or to book me for talks and consulting. Until next time. <laughs>